In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise the Lord. Amen. This morning, as we join together in worship, as we light these candles again of hope, of peace, of joy, of love, and finally today, the Christ candle, because in him, he is our hope, our peace, our joy, our love, 
I want to welcome you. My name is Pastor Aaron. I'm the Watershed Campus Pastor, one of the pastors here at Hardawike. I'm glad to worship with you. I think I'm batting cleanup this week. Uh, but uh, no, good to, good to gather together. If you've worshiped with us uh, at every service, if you're worshiping with us for the first time this morning, if you're worshiping at home live stream, we want to welcome you. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, I want to invite you to stand and welcome each other with a smile, a fist bump if you're comfortable, however you feel. All right, we're going to join together and sing as the angels did on that, that beautiful evening when Christ was born. Join us, please, as we sing Angels We Have Heard on High. to bring peace. 
be seated. If there are any children for preschool um, coming, you may come forward. Yeah, no? I'm not seeing any. April maybe already grabbed them. So with that, though, let's uh, go to our God in prayer. God, is, uh, our hearts are drawn to our children. And in some ways this morning, God, we're hopefully all reminded uh, we are your kids. God, so this isn't just a prayer for our children, but it's a prayer for all of your children throughout the world. Lord, whether it's the reality of that being made known, as we think about here at Heart Alike, the desire to, that everyone would join in the journey of being found in you, informed by you, to follow you, Lord, that there are so many people who do not yet know, Jesus, what you came to do, to adopt us as your sons and daughters. God, that's, that's a gifted identity to us, that our brokenness, our, our sin, our mistakes, our history doesn't have to define us, but who we are in you, Jesus, can, will, and will bring us freedom in life. For you are the life and the light that has come into the world. Lord, for those of us who know that truth, that we are your children, we've been adopted into your family, we've been grafted into the tree of life that is in Christ Jesus, Lord, thank you. I know that I need to be reminded of that truth often. There are many other voices, many other identities, many other things competing, God, for, for us to know that truth, that, that, that beauty that we have in you. And so, Lord, may we continue to remain anchored in the gospel, the good news, that you are God with us. God, you've not only come into the world, what a radical truth. And you're going to come again with another amazing, astounding, mind-blowing reality. But this morning we celebrate that you are with us. You haven't left us. So Holy Spirit, make that truth known in our hearts. Lord, is that, it, that has been a message proclaimed on this campus over this weekend. May it continue to be a message proclaimed in our hearts, in the hearts of our neighbors, our friends, our families, in the days and weeks, years to come. For your sake and your glory, Lord, thank you. We praise you. We honor you. Lord, for you are our joy, and we sing that joy to you. In the precious name of Jesus and all God's children said, amen. Well, as we respond to that joy from the new identity that comes from the gospel, we invite you to stand with us and sing Joy to the World with us as well. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let
Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Amen. As we uh, continue in worship today, I want to just share some good news. If you're not aware of this good news, a couple weeks ago, uh, we put out uh, a request as we, you know, we often do at this time of year because we end our budget year. And uh, I just want to celebrate the fact that through your continued stewardship to the Lord and generosity, we have enough to, to reach our budget um, and any other gifts goes beyond. So we want to praise God for that this morning. <laughs> Nobody's sweating at the end of the year, losing any sleep. <laughs> but uh, we just, again, as leadership, want to say thank you. Thanks for being a part of God's work here at Heart Awake, um, because we are a family together. And not only as our three communities, but we think about Neighbors Plus, we think about youth ministries almost functions as its own community as well. Um, but uh, there's a lot of work that God's doing. And when you give and, and entrust back to God what he's blessed you with, man, God does great things. And so it's a joy to be able to celebrate that with you this morning. Uh, we're going to go again into prayer and we're going to end this prayer with the Lord's Prayer. The words will be on the screen. Um, I'll kind of cue us in, but I'd invite you when we pray the Lord's Prayer uh, to join me in saying those words. Let's again go to our God in prayer. Father, we, we are full of joy uh, because of who you are and what you've done. You are good and your love endures forever. Your faithfulness continues to all generations. Lord, uh, oftentimes in this season, we, we do get to celebrate. It seems like celebrating starts sort of at Thanksgiving as we're given praise for what you've done, and it carries through over the weeks into Christmas and celebrating your birth and you coming into the world, and, and it even extends into a new year. Lord, in, in, in these moments, we give you praise. We honor you. We we think of all of the good things that you have done and continue to do. I think this morning, just again, of that, that announcement of, of you supplying what we've needed. God, what, what an amazing gift that you've worked in our hearts, in our minds to together be able to accomplish something together for your kingdom and your sake. God, that's what it's about. It's not about us. It's about you. So, Lord, continue to multiply all the gifts and talents that you've given each of us, Lord, whether those gifts have been to, to show kindness and compassion, whether they're gifts of prayer, of service and craftsmanship, whether they're gifts of music, speaking, maybe they're gifts, Lord, of teaching and unpacking things, maybe they're gifts of... Uh, a brilliant mind for business and, and, and leading a, a business that blesses our community. Maybe it's the gift of being able to just enjoy doing the same thing over and over again and to find just joy in that. And so by doing the smallest thing faithfully, it blesses the masses and the multitudes. Lord, we think about gifts given. We think about parties and celebrations, and there's a sense of joy in those moments. So, God, we say thank you and praise you. However, this morning, too, Lord, we're reminded and continue to be reminded that the light had to come into darkness. And not every circumstance and situation, not every moment, not every story is one filled with joy at this moment. Because there's something about these times too, Lord, that remind us of some of the deepest pains, some of the biggest wounds, some of the divides that seem bigger than the Grand Canyon. God, in these moments, we calm and quiet our hearts in you 
trusting that you're a father who cares about us. You're a God who weeps with us. You're a God who holds us when we can't hold ourselves. You're a God who can step back into memories and redeem them. You can make something of them. Even when to us they seem lost, broken, and hopeless. But I'm reminded this morning as we light these candles, the need still today for hope, for peace, for joy, for love. So God, speak. Remind us. We have families here across our community that need you to show up. The loss of loved ones over this season, and the loss of jobs, Lord, and the divisions, the empty chairs, God, for healings, for hope. God, show yourself in mighty ways. You are with us, but often, Lord, we need to see it, so help us by your Spirit. God, we think about our our global world today. We think about uh, everything from the aftermath of tornadoes weeks ago to shootings that still occur in our communities. Lord, to the things like racism that still exist, and uh, Lord, this other socio and economic divides, the hatred, the enmity. God, we need that healing and hope. In the midst of our solutions, we think that are brilliant and are the answer. God, even those solutions need you, need your touch, need your presence. So, God, continue to show up. Continue to show your kingdom. And Lord, by your grace, continue to use us. Whether it's in a simple conversation with a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a spouse, a phone call. Whether it's in a kindness shown and grabbing a door for somebody, letting somebody else in in the middle of traffic, even though they cut you off. Lord, maybe it's in a word of encouragement. Maybe it's in joining a group together who's doing a good work. God, use us, whatever it is, for your sake and for your glory, so that we could see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And as I say those words and pray those words this morning, God, my my heart is directed towards the, the prayer that you taught us to pray. Father, and we pray these words together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom in the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. We've had the privilege over these weeks uh, to look at and dive into as a community across this campus, uh, Matthew's genealogy in the first book of the New Testament. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. In Matthew's genealogy, this tax collector, he writes and reminds us of a, a handful of truths. One, that, that God fulfills promises. That God made a promise to rescue his world, to restore his world to himself. And he did that in Jesus. And, it, and, and so Matthew, in his brilliance, kind of marks some of those things along the stories that we hear in Matthew 1 to 17. Not only that, though, he reminds us that God stepped into a particular moment in history. Right? And God continues to step into our moments in, in our lives, and God will come again at a particular moment in the story of humanity, and God just continues as he comes into those moments to do his work the way he needs to for us and not against us. And that's good news. I don't know about you. Amen? 
But Matthew's not done there, right? This tax collector, this outsider in the Jewish community, we might say, reminds us that throughout this whole story and all these names, some of which you can pronounce and I can't, others I think I can, and you're going to struggle with. No. (laughs) Right? He reminds us, though, that with God there is no such thing as an outsider, The amazing thing about God's grace is there's no insiders, no outsiders, only people who are loved by God, who God himself would step down into our world to rescue and save. And that was kind of the last week, right, is that Jesus, Jesus' very name means Yahweh saves. Jesus saves. He rescues us from our sin, our brokenness. Our mistakes, our missteps, the things that happened to us, we, ne- we wish never would have the things that we're certainly responsible for. But God loved us enough to rescue us from all of those things. Today, like I said, I think I'm, I'm, there were two wonderful sermons already over this Christmas weekend. And, and it was fun listening to JB Christmas Eve and, and Bill Christmas morning and, and going, hey, I, you both said everything I'm going to say this morning. I think I'm just a combination of you both. But today we're going to Matthew 1, no longer in the gene- genealogy, but now in the birth of Jesus. So let's again hear this beautiful story found in Matthew 1, starting in verse 18. Let's hear God's word together. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Hey, Tricia, if you can help me. My clicker's not really working. Thanks. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. This is from Isaiah 7, verse 14. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is God's word to us this morning. Thanks be to God. Matthew is telling this story, uh, and Luke will tell a slightly different one. Matthew's telling the story through the lens of Joseph. So even in the genealogy, he's tracking how Jesus was legally Joseph's child. If you go to Luke and hear the story, it's more the story of Mary and then this priestly Jesus, and, and somehow it connects to Zechariah and Elizabeth, his aunt and uncle, and then Mary. So, so Matthew is speaking through the lens of Joseph, and so we're going to think about the story through his eyes this morning. And I'm going to say this, as we hear this word, Joseph was probably really surprised to find out this is not the way it's supposed to be. Right? So the woman that you're betrothed to, we'll say today, engaged to. But for us, our engagement is not like betrothal in those days. Betrothal in those days is a year process where basically Joseph and Mary are husband and wife. Legally, husband and wife. However, they're not living in the same household. And as we hear, that they haven't consummated, physically consummated their marriage yet. So Mary is still under her father. So while being committed to her husband, Joseph, right, and they are legally married, they're still not quite there yet, but it's, it's, this is a real deal, right? And, and so what happens, Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. Um, emoji mind blown, Ooh, right? <laughs> and we hear what? That, that Joseph being a righteous man, right? He knows God's law. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Mary uh, it, he's, this is now legal. It's okay for him to divorce her. This is, he wasn't planning because how'd she get pregnant? All those questions asked, right? 
And, and, and I don't know, you, you, you and I both know simple math. One plus one equals two, right? So he's doing the math in his head. He knows God's law. He's a righteous man, as we hear in the scripture text this morning, right? He's like, I, I, I'm going to divorce her. All he has to do at this point in time is, is extend a certi- certificate in writing to say, you're done. We're done. And actually, Mary, if this came out publicly, she should be stoned to death, according to the law. You can read that in Deuteronomy. But Joseph, and Bill mentioned this yesterday, Joseph, who knew the law, also knew the God of the law and knew the heart of that God. And so what did he want to do? He didn't want to expose her publicly. So all he needed to do was do this in the, in the presence of two witnesses. Just give a, a binding paper. He was going to do it now so she could come underneath her father. They'll deal with all the details once dad dies and how she's going to be taken care of then. But this way she could live. He could be out because this isn't the way it's supposed to be. To me, when I say those words, it's not the way it's supposed to be. That's what I've always understood sin to be. Not the way it's supposed to be. Right? When God created the world, he created this beautiful, rich world to, to enjoy his presence, to enjoy life, to flourish. And yet what does sin come in? It comes in to deceive. It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It separates, creates enmity between humanity and humanity with God. It's not the way it's supposed to be. While we celebrate, and JB picked up on this on Christmas Eve, we celebrate and it's fun to open presents. It's fun to give gifts to your kids. It's fun to see my kids enjoy a Nintendo Switch and then to watch the movie 8-Bit on HBO Max and then be reminded of when I got my first Nintendo for Christmas. Yay! <laughs> right? These are enjoyable moments. And yet, I don't know about you, this has been a tough season this year. Started for me just before Thanksgiving, finding out that my, what was like a brother to me, Zachariah in Papua New Guinea, who lived with us and went to school in the States with us. And I went to my only ever Chicago Bulls game with Zach. Found out he died tragically of an aneurysm. Didn't know what to do with it. I didn't actually share it much with people because I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to process it because it had been so long since we'd seen each other and talked to each other. And how do you process so much time and gap? And yet at the same time, he was my brother. I think about that and I think just a couple weeks ago and, and uh, one of my great aunts passed away and she was the last connection to my grandma and grandpa. And I think about my mom and what that's like for her, the last connection to her parents. I think about seven different funerals and connections to our community here at Heart Awake. Walking with you in some of those questions as we've journeyed together in a loss. Neighbors who have passed away, as I talk to my parents, they're like, yeah, I mean, we had, we had a longtime neighbor who I've known my whole life, Frank, passed away. It's like, man, it's not the way it's supposed to be. What do we do? But then I'm reminded, right, of the passage we, we heard as we lit these candles this morning. Reminded of a truth and a reality that the light comes into the darkness. It has come. And the darkness can't comprehend it. I can't comprehend that. <laughs> right? And we can light candles on, on, on Christmas Eve and see it. But I, it's still, I struggle to get it. And I think about these great words of, as Eugene Peterson translates, um, John 1, verse 14, right? This is the thing that is sometimes beyond my comprehension and yet the truth. He says that the word became flesh and blood. God put skin on, right? Became flesh and blood, and then he moved into the neighborhood, right? I love that illustration. 
He moved into the neighborhood. He took residence to dwell with us. And we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Right? That blows my mind because I wasn't there. John was. John could say, we saw it with our eyes. And so often, I need to see it. I need, like Joseph, to have an angel, angel Gabriel, come and say, hey, it's okay, dude. <laughs> you know, because that's how I talk. I use dudes still. Uh, you know, <laughs> Bella and I watched the movie Clueless, and, and she was totally astounded by this mid-90s. But as if... <laughs> Right? I, I wasn't there, though. Right? I didn't see it. I still need to, I, I need a reality. I need an angel to come. I need one to speak. Just as Mary heard that angel encourage her, this teenage girl, to go, I'm going to do what? I'm going to dwell, the, the Lord God is going to dwell in me. I'm going to give birth to, what? Joseph, what? My wife is pregnant, and it's not from me. It's from the Holy Spirit. What in the world is that? Right? It seems so distant. And yet, is it? I don't think so. Because as much as we believe that God has come, and it's a radical truth, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it should blow our minds that the God of the world became a human being, that he could be fully God and fully man. And yet, at the same time, we hear out throughout Advent that he's going to come again, right? His timing will be perfect when he, he comes again. There's a reality that God never left us, though. He has come, will come again, but he's here with us. Two times in Matthew, we hear what? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who, who conceives Jesus into the flesh and blood, who brings him into the world and makes him known. Well, we hear this later in John from the mouth of Jesus, because he promises us this amazing truth that God didn't just come, isn't only going to come, but he's with us. John 14 Starting in verse 15, Jesus says this, If you love me, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The, word cannot accept, the world cannot accept him because it neither knows him nor knows, knows, sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Right, as much as a spirit comes in and brings forth Jesus and Mary, that same spirit dwells in us. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. Right, that this isn't just a Jesus who's come once and will come again and we're left somewhere wandering in the middle, left in the valley of the darkest shadow, the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23. No, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. Jesus says, I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to give you my presence. The very presence that made me real in the world is the, the presence, that, the ongoing presence that's going to live with you, that's going to dwell with you, that isn't going to leave you hanging on your own. That even though we might be wondering, even though we might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, in the darkest valley, God reminds us, I am with you. Not I was, not I will be. I am. And I don't know about you this morning, I'm reminded of the great name of God. I am. I am with you. This is a fulfillment of promise we hear in Ezekiel 37. As much as God with us, Isaiah 7 was a promise, Ezekiel 37 gives us this promise. I will make a covenant, a promise, a commitment of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant. It will be eternal. I'll establish them and increase their numbers. I will put my sanctuary among them forever. Right? God won't just move into the neighborhood. He'll move into us. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit, Paul says. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Jesus picks up again at the end of Matthew. We've begun Matthew. He says, you know what? I want you to tell the world 
And we're not saying go tell it on the mountain, but my, I, I got go tell it on the mountain running through my head. He invites us to invite others into this story, right? To hear this good news. And he says this in Matthew 20, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I love that reality still is even though I may still doubt, I may still wonder, I may feel like I'm left lingering sometimes. I may feel a little empty. I may feel sad, brokenhearted, even hopeless. Right in the midst of this worship, you can worship, you can praise, you can experience joy, but you can also experience doubt in this. And Jesus gives them this word. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them into this inseparable relationship of God. He says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then finishes the last word of Matthew's book. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God never leaves us asking for him to be with us because he tells us he already is. Right? We don't have to ask God to to somehow show up out of nowhere in somebody's life because he's already there. Now, we may need to ask God to, to help us see, to help us to be able to experience I may ask God as I'm sitting there last night, I don't know why I can't sleep last night, but my mind starts, once it starts at three in the morning, it don't stop. (laughs) Lord, I'm getting concerned about things that I cannot control, so help me to let go of the things I cannot control. Please. (laughs) The truth in those moments, the truth in the darkest valleys is I can say, but God, you are with me. You're here. That's the truth for every one of us this morning, every one of our neighbors, every one of our family members, every one of those who do not yet know Jesus, those who have heard, those who have rejected in turn. God is still there. He's only one step away. He's giving them the very breath they breathe. In him they live and move and have their being. Darkness might seem to be winning, but at any given moment, the light can break through. I'm not in control of that light. I'd like for the light to come a little faster sometimes, amen? Right? When you change out that light bulb, it's because I need light. (laughs) But my hope is God is with us. God is with me. God is with you. He hasn't left you and will never leave you. He's giving you the breath you breathe. He's holding you and giving, sustaining the life you have. And he ain't going to let go. To me this morning, that's good news. I may not feel it. Right now it may be in my head, and it needs to travel 18 inches into the heart. But I'm going to rest in the truth. Because Satan can't take that truth away from you or I. We know he's come. We know he's come again. But this morning, I want to encourage you. Do you know he's here? The gospel message is, God is with us. Emmanuel. Let's pray. God, thank you for that truth and reality. Lord, you know I've needed it. You know so many others And our community have needed that. You know there are those of us sitting here this morning that need that. Lord, we know we don't have to pray that you need for you to be with us. But sometimes we do need to pray that, God, we can see you. And Lord, as we we think about just the reality of Christmas, we need you to, we need to be able to see you because sometimes you come in just the most unexpected ways. Your reality is made known as you're birthed and placed in a manger. A star shines in the sky in the east, and magi follow it to find you. 
Sometimes it's the angelic we need to proclaim, to speak. Sometimes it's a dream, a vision. Lord, and then it's, sometimes it's a word of encouragement or a word read in your scriptures. Lord, help us to see you. Help us to know you. Help us to live in the confidence in the assurance. The truth that you are Emmanuel, God, with us. That we are part of your life forever. Thank you for rescuing us from our sin, that which has separated us, the brokenness. Lord, the pains continue to bring your healing. Continue to show us again your hope, your peace, your joy, and your love in Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you, Spirit, for being within us, for choosing to dwell within each of us, and then to dwell when we gather together. And thank you again, God, for being sovereign over all things for being everywhere, for being all-powerful, almighty, for being a God of grace and mercy. Lord, we praise you and thank you again in the name of Jesus and all God's children said, amen. We're going to close out our service with two more songs of praise and we invite you to stand and sing with us.
God is born, has come, will come, and is with us. That's my prayer for you. That's our prayer for you today. That as much as the Holy Spirit brought forth Jesus and, and Jesus was alive in his mother and father's arms, that the Holy Spirit will make the reality of God that alive in you. Whether you're walking through the valley, on the mountaintop, or anywhere in between. Go with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's children say, amen. Go in peace.